Welcome to the Stonebridge Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor David Eldridge. One of the things that we're doing on Sundays is we're focusing on the ongoing activity of the Holy Spirit in our life. Jesus said in John 16, it was for our good that he goes to the Father, if you can compute how that could ever be for our good. And he says, it's because when I go, I'll send you the advocate or the helper or the comforter or the counselor, your Bible may say different things, the Holy Spirit. And so we wanna know, well, what is he actually doing in our lives on a regular basis? We serve a Trinitarian God, so the Holy Spirit's just as divine as the Father and the Son, co-equal and co-eternal with God, with the Father and the Son. And so what, what does he wanna do in here? Last week, we looked through the, the lens of water, which is an image that's used of the Holy Spirit. And we said on an ongoing basis, he wants to renew us and restore us and revitalize us. He wants to bring us life, not just initially at conversion, which he does, but on a daily basis as well. He's a spring of living water within our hearts. We all get thirsty. And the source to quench our thirst is the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Today, we're gonna use a different image, that of fire, and we wanna see what, is, what, what does that speak to in terms of the ongoing or the daily activity of the Holy Spirit in our life. So just a few verses from Acts 2. This is the day of Pentecost, which is when the Holy Spirit was given to the people of God. When the day of Pentecost came, they, that's 120 followers of Jesus, were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. So there's the connection with fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We're gonna talk just about that idea, these, these tongues of fire, that's a connection between the fi fire and the Holy Spirit. We're thinking about his ongoing work, not his, necessarily his initial work in conversion, but his ongoing work in our life, the daily work of the Holy Spirit. When you're thinking of fire, this is what I want you to think of. The Holy Spirit refines me. Last week, the Holy Spirit refreshes me. This week, the Holy Spirit refines me. The theological word for that is sanctification. That means to be made holy, to be refined or to be purified. Holiness has two different dimensions in the Bible. Going back, kind of the original, kind of basic definition in the Old Testament, and you see this is true in many world religions. It's the idea of setting something apart from common use and setting it apart for sacred use. So it, it's setting something apart, kind of making it special. So we would say at conversion, we're set apart from the world and we're set apart for the Father. We're declared holy. The Holy Spirit makes us holy in that sense of our position relative to God or our position in Jesus, if you like that phrase better. We're set apart from the world and we're set apart for the Father. But there's an ongoing dimension of holiness that is unique to Christianity. And that's this, this idea that we, we grow in the character of the God that we serve. We want to become more like him. That's sanctification. It's the process again of becoming holy. So it's 100% true to say at the moment that you begin to follow Jesus, you are holy. And to say that from that moment forward until you die, you will be becoming holy. We're set apart from and we're set apart for at the moment of our salvation, but none of us look very much like Jesus then. 
And so the Holy Spirit, ongoing daily work, he's already set us apart from the world and for the Father. And what he's doing from that moment of our yes to Jesus until we die is he wants to conform us more and more into the image of the Son. If you if were to crack open our hearts when, when, when somebody were to look inside, we want our hearts to look as much like Jesus's heart as possible. And that's the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit, this image of fire. I like the idea of refining so uh, that's an Old Testament image, but it's really good. So you take something like gold, a precious metal, and it would be refined. In ancient times, the way they would do that, they just heat it up really hot so that the, the solid becomes a liquid. The impurities rise to the top and then they're scraped off. Then that liquid gold is allowed to melt, it turns back into a solid, and it's both purer and stronger than it was before. So the process, you're heating this metal up to a very high temperature, allowing the impurities to float to the surface, scraping them off. Then that metal's cooled and it becomes both purer and stronger. Purer, we get the impurities are removed. So what, what's left is a higher concentration of gold, but also those impurities weaken the metal. And so by removing them, the metal becomes stronger. And you can maybe already see the parallels for us. The refining process of the Holy Spirit it both makes us purer and stronger. Purer, when I hear that, I think about our character. He's purifying our character. He's both removing the things in us that are not aligned with who Jesus is. The idea of holiness can be vague. What does that mean? Think about the character of Jesus. We talked about this when we looked at Galatians in the fall. The fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. That's the character of Jesus, which is the fruit of the Spirit. Those are the same thing. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of Jesus. And those are the things the Holy Spirit wants to grow within us. And he wants to remove from us everything that doesn't look like that. If you want, you can click on that QR code or you can tap the sticker in front of you and it'll take you to a, some fuller definitions of those attributes and characteristics. What the Bible means by those words and what we mean are not always the same thing. When we hear the word patient, we think about someone who's good at waiting. Good at waiting in line, good at, good at sitting in traffic. In the Bible, to be patient is to be long-suffering. It's to bear up well with people who are not easy to be with. It's not the same word necessarily. And so you may wanna look at those definitions because it's helpful to know what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in you. We're not a lump of metal. Gold doesn't have a say-so in whether or not it's refined. Whoever owns it gets to decide. We have a, a will that hopefully is submitted and surrendered and cooperating with the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. So it's helpful to know what he's trying to do in us. So those definitions and descriptions may be helpful too if you want, but summary, the, the Holy Spirit, his refining work is meant to purify our hearts, to make us look more like Jesus. Again, to, to remove those characteristics and attributes that are not Christ-like. So I've got a short fuse. Let's get rid of that. I'm hyper anxious. Let's get rid of that. I'm cynical, let's get rid of that. I hold grudges, let's get rid of that. He wants to remove those things and he wants to increase the levels of love and joy and peace and patience and those other attributes. He wants to strengthen my faith and your faith as well. Purify 
our character or purify our hearts and strengthen our character. Sometimes when we hear strength, we think kind of burly and don't think that. Think childlike. Just faith is trust. Trust is, is acknowledged dependence. And that's a great definition of humility in the Bible. It's acknowledged dependence. Just like a kid, maybe not consciously, but subconsciously acknowledges I'm 100% dependent upon my parents for my well-being. That's what God is looking for from us. He's our father in heaven and he wants us to depend upon him completely for our needs. He wants us to trust him fully. That's what it means to walk in humility. Humility is not pretending you're bad at things you're good at. Humility is acknowledged dependence, acknowledging your neediness, your weakness before the Father. I, I need you. That's our, the, the work of the Spirit in that refining is to strengthen our faith, which somewhat maybe counterintuitively is to make us more childlike, more aware of our need for him. And we see that perfectly in Jesus. Jesus was fully dependent upon the Father. That, that doesn't mean that you never have a question. It never means you never have a doubt. It never means you, you never have a concern about the future. We've said before, courage is not the absence of fear, it's the presence of obedience in the face of fear. And that's, that's, that's all part of growing in humility, of your faith being strengthened, of learning to trust him more and more fully and more and more completely. The primary tools that the Holy Spirit will use to refine us are the word, the Bible, and our lives. So the Bible for us reveals Jesus most clearly and Jesus is the standard. He's the standard of what it looks like for us. He, he's, he's the goal, if you wanna say that, or he's the pattern. He's the one that we're trying to be conformed. He's, it's his image that we're trying to be conformed into. He's the one who perfectly trusted his father. He shows us this is what dependence upon the father looks like. That's what we're trying to grow into. He shows us what love and joy and peace and patience and all those attributes look like lived out in the ups and downs of life. That's what we're trying to cultivate. If we're not reading the Bible, then that standard, it's not being set in our hearts. And what we wind up doing, kind of by default, is we wind up just looking around and saying, how am I doing compared to how other people are doing? Not super helpful. Because usually, for most of us, when we do that, we look at somebody who's doing worse than us. I'm better than him. And it makes us feel better about ourselves. It was cold this morning. It was 28. When I start, took a walk, it felt like 24. So I have a, my brother lives in Omaha. And anytime it's cold here, I look to see how cold it is there to feel better. It was negative 15 and felt like negative 34. I don't even know what that means. I, it, it means it's cold. It means, praise God, I live in Georgia. And why does anybody want to live in Omaha? I don't know. <laughs> I can look at that and it makes me feel a little better, but the bottom line is it's still cold. We start looking around. Well, I'm doing better relative to this person. I'm, I'm more loving. 
relative this this person, I'm more patient. Well, at least I've never, what is it? At least I've never killed anybody. That's a real high bar for morality for us. That's, those are the things that we say. But guess what? That's not Christ-like. The standard's still the standard. And if we're not aware of that, if we're not aware of that, we're, it's gonna be difficult for us to cooperate with what the Holy Spirit's actually trying to do in us. The average American, if you can believe this, eight hours a day consuming digital media. That's amazing to me. A day is only 24 hours long and some of that we're sleeping. Eight hours a day. Even if you're exceptional in your three or four hours a day, compare that, this is not guilt. Compare that to how much time we spend reading the Bible. What's gonna win in terms of shaping our hearts? What's gonna win in terms of shaping our worldview? It only makes sense. That which we're ingesting most consistently is going to have the greatest impact on how we see ourselves and how we see the world. I'm not saying it's gotta be an exact balance, but for many of us, we're so out of balance. Our worldview, the way we see this out here, and the way we see ourselves is completely shaped by what's going on in our culture and is not shaped at all. Is not shaped much by the character of Jesus. This, I'm nervous about 2024. I, I'm all of it. But this, the election, it makes me super nervous for what's going to happen. I'm not worried about who wins. I'm worried about what happens in the church. Is it going to split us right down the middle? In the name of our guy getting elected, how many people are we willing to burn down? Who, what is forming us and shaping us? We've gotta be in the Bible. If you don't read, then listen. I don't know any other way to get it in you, but to get it in you. If the only time you're exposed to the Bible is on Sundays, that's better than nothing, but you're getting a lot of me. You're getting a lot of my interpretation and my application. I wouldn't share it if I didn't think it was true, but it's still me. And there needs to be direct exposure on a consistent basis. And if that's a struggle for you, please reach out. Reach out to me, reach out to Matt, reach out to Vanessa. Let us help you. You heard those testimonies from those four women This uh, on the video? Like, just stick with it. If you, it's okay. If you hadn't read it in a week, pick it back up. Just consistently be engaging with the Bible. And I would say, it's all inspired. It's all super helpful. Jesus is most clearly seen in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then his teaching is most clearly explained in the, the rest of the New Testament. And it's great to have both. Paul says things like, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Great, what does that mean? Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. We can put those things together. Here's what it's saying and here's what it looks like washing the feet of someone who's about to betray him and the feet of someone else who's about to deny him and the feet of 10 other guys who are about to desert him. That looks a whole lot like bearing, well, bearing up well with people who are not super easy to be with. That's what it is to be patient. You get that. Second thing, our lives, primary tool that the Holy Spirit wants to use 
to refine us. It's just the circumstances of our lives. I don't think it's super helpful to spend a lot of time trying to decide if A, B, or C is happening in my life because God caused it to. That ultimately has very little to do with your response. And so, and honestly, you're not gonna get an answer anyway. So that to me, you're just kind of circling the mountain. I think it's much more helpful to say, okay, God, how do you wanna use this circumstance to refine me? That's fruitful. God, why did this happen to me? Not fruitful. God, are you doing this to me? Not fruitful. God, how do you wanna use this to make me more like Jesus? Very fruitful. At that point, you're cooperating with the refining activity of the Holy Spirit. And this is true for both circumstances that we would see as positive and ones that we would see as challenging. What I, this is, these are both, this is, all this is stereotype and you can see if you fit underneath it. To me, when people are doing well, I think the challenge is to stay connected to the Lord. When it's rainbows and butterflies, we can tend to grow less and less aware of our neediness. That's why it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. They don't recognize their need for the Lord. They can meet all their own. And so when we get that way, when we get fat and happy, whether that's for a week or a month or a year or whatever, it can be easy for us over time to drift. We're not aware. We seem to, everything seems to be going well. We can, in some ways, begin to think, I'm really awesome. Look at what I'm doing. And that can cause our love for the Lord to grow cold. So in the midst of, we'll just call it prosperity or blessing, if that's what you're experiencing, it's not that you don't need to go burn all that down, but I would say in the midst of that, the prayer, Holy Spirit, would you strengthen my faith? Even, in the, even when I'm not as aware of my need for the Father, I know I'm just as needy for him and maybe even more so. Sometimes it's success that's our greatest temptation. And so that may be something he wants to do. And then the, the situations that are difficult or challenging, I think we all recognize those as refining. The, those circumstances, they they bring to the surface the things that need to be skimmed away. They bring up the impurities. You can think about our life circumstances as the heat. It's the fire. And again, think about how hot the fire has to be to melt gold, to, to liquefy it. Like we're talking, this is extreme heat in some cases. And that heat, if I can switch the metaphor to makes us malleable before the Father. And so sometimes it's those difficulties. It's the frustration, it's the pain, it's the loss, it's the suffering. Again, I don't think it's super fruitful to say, God, why? I think it's super fruitful to say, God, how? How do you wanna use this to make me more like Jesus? The word tribulation means squeezing, y'all know that. And when we're squeezed, what's in us comes out of us. And the, the tighter the squeeze the more, the, the deeper those things come to the surface. The deeper things come to the surface. And so it could be that in the midst of one of those difficulties, what you see is sin and you need to repent. It could be what you see is immaturity and you need to grow. It could be what you see is an open wound and it needs to be healed. It could be what you see is grief and it needs to be mourned. All of those things can, 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 can contribute to impurities in our life. Those can be things that inhibit the growth of the character of Jesus. 
sin, immaturity, woundedness, or ungrieved losses. And that, that's, that's just life. We all experience those things. And we wanna be processing those under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We wanna read the Bible under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It's a different kind of book. It's a revelation of who God is and who he wants us to be. And so we're, we're, as we're reading, we're saying, Holy Spirit, would you show me truth in this? And we wanna live our lives under his supervision. And this, for many of us, this, is, this will be a little bit different. Most of us plow, we just keep going. Not very many of us take a moment to step back and say, what's actually happening? What actually is going on, not just in my circumstances, but what's going on in here? What is coming out of me in these circumstances? What are they provoking? And it's easy for us to blame. You make me so angry. Nope. You make you so angry. And so those are that we need to bring those things before him. Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm recognizing a lack of patience. I'm not bearing up well with this person who's really difficult for me. And so I'm asking you to give me grace. Would you even begin to show me why that is? Is it an area where I just need to mature? I need to stop being a baby. Is it because of some sin issue in my life of which I need to repent? What is it that's keeping me from bearing well, bearing up well with this person? The easy answer is they're annoying. But that's the wrong answer. In all of these things, we wanna be cooperating with him. He is refining us. At any point in your life, if you ever wanna know what's the answer to the question, God, what are you doing in my life right now? The answer is always, I'm making you more like Jesus. That's always the answer to the question. And us cooperating with him makes that whole process smoother doesn't necessarily get us out of those difficult situations more quickly, but it does mean that those difficult situations produce long-term fruit. You're gonna experience the pain anyway. You might as well get something out of it. And that is, a, that is character like Jesus and faith like him, purer and stronger. I'm gonna say a prayer and then we'll, uh, Bo will come back and lead us in a little time of ministry. If you're on the ministry teams, you can come up, take your spot. This is what I want you chewing on, if you would, with your eyes closed, prayerfully before the Lord. So the question is not, Holy Spirit, are you refining me? The answer is yes. None of us look like Jesus perfectly. So there, there's work that he's doing in each one of our hearts. Kids, students, adults, no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord, no matter what you're thinking about in terms of your life circumstances, he is refining you. What's helpful to know is how. And so maybe you wanna just begin to ask that question. Holy Spirit, I recognize that, that right now you're wanting to conform me into the image of Jesus. You're wanting my character 
to more accurately reflect his character. More love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more goodness, more gentleness, more faithfulness, more self-control. And you're wanting my faith to mirror his. You want me to grow in dependence upon the Father. Would you show me where you're at work in my life? And I want you to think through that when you think of your life, like the circumstances right now, what's the one, the top thing that comes to your mind? What's the thing that's dominating? Whether that's a positive or something challenging. Holy Spirit, how do you wanna use that circumstance, that relationship to make me more like Jesus? I wanna cooperate with you in that. I'm asking for grace from you. Would you convict me of sin so I can repent? Would you show me immaturity and help me grow? Would you give me eyes to see the places where I'm wounded and would you bring healing where I'm experiencing loss and I haven't grieved that well? Holy Spirit, for all of us, I pray, would you continue your refining work? Would you sanctify us I pray you put a deep desire in us to be conformed into the image of Jesus. That we will cooperate with you in that work. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Stonebridge Church Sermon of the Week. 